0: Old Testament reading as you've heard is from Isaiah it's a very short one and it's on page 687 chapter 2 of Isaiah this is what Isaiah son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the last days the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as the highest of the mountains it will be exalted above the hills and all nations will stream to it our second reading is from Romans chapter 13. Starting in verse 9, that's on page 1140, Romans 13. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and whatever other command there may be, are summed up in this one command. Love your neighbour as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbour. Therefore love is the fulfilment of the law. And do this understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber, because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over, the day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armour of light. Let us behave decently, as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ, do not think about how to gratify the desires. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Our gospel reading today, the response is slightly different, so uh, watch the words on the screen. So, this is a reading from the gospel according to Matthew 24 36 to, No one knows about the day or the hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father, as it was in the days of Noah. It'll be the coming, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day where Noah entered the ark. And they, saw, they knew nothing about what was happening until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be with the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in a field, one will be taken and the other left." Two women will be grinding at the handmill, one will be taken and the other left. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day of our Lord will come. But understand this if the owner of the house had known the time that the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you must be ready. Because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect Him. And this is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus. Well, the, litur- the liturgical season, the liturgical calendar, uh, can have us doing a range of different things. Last week was the Feast of Christ the King, and we spoke about how Jesus uh, goes to heaven and sits as a victorious king at the right hand of the Father. And then this week we begin Advent where we're almost looking forward uh, to the birth of Jesus. And so we go from almost the end of the story of Jesus to the beginning again. And it's a, a, a way of us uh, experiencing this high to the low, almost, that is a challenge for us. And yet, if we understand what Advent is about, it helps us to understand the flow of how we get from Christ the King into Advent. The season of Advent is about watching and waiting for Jesus. The season of Advent can be so much of our time talking about Christmas. And at Christmas, we have an understanding of what we call the incarnation, that the Son of our God was born in a stable in Bethlehem. But Advent gives us an understanding of so much more than just Christmas. One of the reasons that it flows easily, even though it might seem disjointed to go from Christ the King into Advent, is that we bring our understanding that a king is our saviour into our understanding of who this baby is that's born in a stable. So the Feast of Christ the King gives us this perspective on who was born at Christmas. Not just uh, anybody, but the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The Feast of Christ the King, reminding us that Jesus was a King, helps us to understand more about the birth of Jesus. But unlike what we expect, the birth of Jesus will reveal that Jesus the King is not born in a royal palace, but born in a stable. And so when we are looking and waiting and watching for the coming of Jesus, we need to be understanding what God is trying to do. God is trying to reveal to us that this King born in a stable is actually coming for a different purpose, not a human kingdom but a spiritual kingdom. We also know that this spiritual kingdom that Jesus came to announce means that Jesus is showing his royal uh, line in a different way. He's not born in a royal palace, but he's born in a royal city in fulfilling of the prophecies of the Old Testament. That's why we say that Jesus is the reason for the season. But Advent, in many ways, is also about waiting and watching for the second coming of Jesus. That's why our readings today, if you listen to the themes, we have this theme of light, which I'll unpack as well. But they also have this idea of waiting for the promised Messiah. But we as Christians are actually waiting for the second coming of the promised Messiah. For Christians, we spend a lot of time in this Advent season pointing to Christmas and the meaning of the birth of Jesus in order that those who don't know Jesus come to understand more about Jesus. But for us personally, as Christians, those who follow Jesus, we know the whole story. We're not waiting for a little baby because we already knew that that was born, that Jesus had been born. We also know what Jesus accomplished on the cross, and we also know what he accomplished when he rose as victorious king. So we are not waiting for his birth, we're waiting for his second coming. The second coming is not something that we just idly wait for. We become a Christian and then we just sit around and do nothing until we see Jesus come again. In the meantime, we get on with the mission of Jesus, the mission of the King who sent us out to share the good news of his kingdom. And so as we wait in hope, we don't wait in idleness. Yes, we're watching and waiting for the second coming of Jesus but in the meantime we're watching and waiting for the signs of God's kingdom breaking into our world in the reality of our day and so we wait in hope for the second coming of Jesus because at the second coming of Jesus this now and not yet will be completed the sense that Jesus has won the victory over evil but we still see evil at work in our world at the second coming evil will be squashed once and for all. And so our three readings have themes that point to both the promised Messiah coming, but also the second coming of Jesus. In our Isaiah reading, it talks about the last days. For the ancient Israelites uh, that Isaiah was speaking to, they were actually waiting, for the last days for them was actually when the Messiah come. And so in many ways, Isaiah is looking forward from their perspective to when the Messiah will be born and make all things right. The ancient Israelites were watching and waiting for this Messiah to be born. This Messiah, or the Christ, to come and rescue them. But in this Isaiah reading, it also says that when the Messiah, or the Christ, comes, there'll be peace in the kingdom. that Their kingdom, which had been attacked... And they'd been carried off to exile, and they'd been brought back and carried off to exile, all of that cycle will come to an end and there will be peace in God's kingdom. But not only that, this reading from Isaiah reminds us that when the Messiah comes, finally the promise of the Old Testament that through Israel that all nations would be blessed, that would happen at the time of the coming Messiah. When the Messiah comes, he'll bring peace The Christ will come and bring peace and this peace will go to all the nations. And so Jesus comes as that promised Messiah. Jesus is the person that Isaiah spoke about that would come and bring light. And so Jesus often spoke about walking in the light. Not just because he was trying to fulfill the Old Testament prophecies, but because in fact the Old Testament knew that when the Messiah comes, all the darkness would be uh, vanquished by the light. And so, in Isaiah, they're hoping for the day where they will walk in light, and when Jesus comes, they do walk in light. Jesus comes to fulfill the Old Testament prophecies. Now, it's customary when we read out the lectionary readings that we do it in the order we just read. We always leave the gospel to last. But as I unpack these themes, it's probably best if we go now to Matthew's gospel because Romans actually points us forward to the second coming. In the gospel of Matthew, Jesus reminds us to be watching and waiting for God to act. But God's action is not a predictable thing. Jesus uses this image of a thief coming in the night, it's not predictable. If it was predictable, then there would be no break and enter, would there? Because you would stop it. And so Jesus is reminding his disciples and those who are listening to be watching and waiting because they do not know the hour where the mission of the Messiah will be accomplished. And just like the disciples, just like those who are watching and waiting the ministry of Jesus, perhaps at this time we can also see that We are praying and we are seeking God but we don't know when God's going to answer our prayers. We don't know when our efforts in ministry will start to bear fruit. We don't know the ways in which we're praying for those who don't know Christ are going to come to know Christ. All of our prayers, all of our longing for people to come and join St Colum, We can wonder when that's going to happen. One of the great blessings that I've seen ever since I came to St. Columns is people have been praying that more people would come to know Jesus through St. Columns, that more families would join us, that more young people would. And the question is, when will that happen? When are these people going to show up? And the answer that I have is, I don't know. We don't know when God's blessing will fall on us and the people that we've been praying for, longing for, will come. But the Bible reading today from the Gospel of Matthew reminds us that we get on preparing. We get on busy making things available so that when God does show up, we won't be caught out, but actually we'll be prepared because we've been watching and waiting. Verse 44 also is pointing to the second coming. It's pointing to when Jesus will come again, and we don't know the time where Jesus will come again. But it is pointing to what we would call here and now. Jesus was speaking to an audience prior to him going to the cross and his resurrection but we would be in the time that Jesus is pointing to after his resurrection and so in many ways this passage is also talking about now and into the future when Jesus comes again. We don't know when more people will come but we have to be ready. We have to be ready to integrate them into the life of our church. And we have to be ready to disciple them into a life-giving relationship with Jesus. I've not just asked this of you, I've asked this of a number of places that I've served in ministry. But if God was to bless us with another 50 people who wanted to know more about Jesus, would we be ready? Would we have enough small groups to be able to welcome 50 people into the life of our church? Would we have enough discipling mentors to be able to disciple those people as they came to know Jesus, understood the Holy Spirit and came to put that into practice in their life. Now I think we've got the signs of that being ready and I think we're on the path to preparing for that and we long for that and so a bit like um, Jesus is calling this group of people that were listening to him, we need to be watching and waiting and being ready for when God shows up. And so Matthew is also pointing to the second coming of Jesus. The disciples, thought that Jesus might return for a second time in their lifetime. There were people who saw Jesus and thought when he rose up that he would come again in their lifetime. There were people in the early church who thought that Jesus would return in their lifetime and almost for the entire length of the church, there have been people that thought that Jesus would return in their lifetime and so far Jesus has not returned generations upon generations have thought that Jesus would come again in their lifetime and only last week. It could could be a scam, I I guarantee it's probably a scam but I did get an email from someone saying, Jesus is returning, get ready. They're also asking for a bit of money which is probably why I thought it was a scam. But there are people who think that Jesus is returning And that these are the final days. They look at society and they think this is the darkest time in our history and that's a sign that Jesus is coming immediately. But if we're looking for signs of darkness rather than looking for signs of light then we could probably see that this might be a time where Jesus would return. I don't know whether I will ever see the coming of Jesus in my lifetime but we prepare and we get on with the mission of Jesus until he returns, whether that's in our lifetime Or in generations to come. We really don't know the time and so until then we're watching and waiting. But we're not idle, we prepare by sharing the mission of Jesus to bring the kingdom of God into the kingdom of earth and this is where it gets us to our Romans reading. The Romans reading reminds us to love our neighbour. Romans directs us to keep going with the mission of Jesus rather than sitting around doing nothing. Paul encourages us to keep the commandments and in many ways we could think about that as an encouragement for us to not just assume that because we've got our relationship with christ that it's set no we actually have to keep doing what jesus called us to do which paul would say is keep the commandments but as we know jesus said the ultimate commandment is to love the lord your god and to love your neighbor as yourself and so that's what we do while we wait for the second coming Whether it's in our lifetime or the next. And so, just like the book of Isaiah, Paul reminds us to seek out the light. I love this phrase that Paul uses where he says, put on the armour of light. It's almost like the armour of light protects us from the darkness. The darkness won't be overcome because we seek out the light. And it's interesting to have the advent candle If we could, we can't obviously because of the beautiful stained glass, but if we could shut out every source of light in the whole church and it was pitch black, no amount of darkness, all this void of darkness couldn't overcome the light of the candle. Light always overcomes darkness. And so even though we might think at times we see a small ray of light in a world of darkness, we keep putting on the armour of light and as Isaiah would say, we seek out the light. So practically speaking, we need to be seeing the ways that the kingdom of God is breaking. We need to be not looking for signs of darkness and how the world is going into decay. We need to be people who are testifying to the way that God's kingdom is at work in our world. We need to be people who are testifying to how God is still at work and not distant in our world. And so we look for those small rays. On Friday night we had open table in the the large hall and in many ways as we um, still had to trip over some nails and there were a few little holes in the floor that we had to put little barricades around so people didn't fall through. um, It's not really ready for what we want to do with it but we held open table in there to give people a small glimpse of what it can be. And so as we uh, had the youth from youth group on Friday night, lay out some flowers on the table and light candles along the table and, and a couple of people cooked the barbecue and there were a number of apologies because people had COVID and other events. It was a small glimpse of the future of what St Columns has in store for us. It was a small group of people gathering around a table, with our youth group and and we've seen so many signs of fruit from our youth group this the way in which these girls had this camaraderie on Friday night was really inspiring and thanks to Jess and the team who have been growing uh, that group of young people. There were some new people who have uh, joined our Sunday night at six o'clock who have been uh, connecting a little bit and they came to open table on Friday night. There was one of the mothers of one of the girls in youth group came along um, and and sat down and had dinner with us. And then when one of the dads came to pick up, um, we kind of all swarmed him and said hello and, and welcomed him in to sit at the table until his daughter was ready to leave. It's a small sign, but it's a taste of what's to come. We have to be watching and waiting for those signs of light and not being focused on the darkness around us. One of the uh, things that excites me about the, the parish trip to or the, the, those of us who are going to Holy Trinity Brompton next year to visit uh, the leadership conference there is, I want to go and visit Saint Church. In 2017, when I was at the Holy Trinity Brompton leadership conference, uh, they were sending out a small team from Holy Trinity Brompton to St John's Hackney. And I saw recently they had a photo. There were 30 people gathered around this church that seats 800 and the church had been mothballed by the Church of England and this little team was sent there in order to revitalize an area that was gentrifying. I don't know whether you know much about Hackney and Shoreditch but it was very working class and in much decline and that's the reason that the hipsters go in and so the area was changing but the church hadn't changed with it and this team was sent in to the area to create a church that the new people moving into Shoreditch and Hackney would want to go to. And they started in a small mothballed church that needed so many renovations, but they started praising God and they started worshiping. And they'd have these little gatherings praying and expecting God to act, God to move and God to work. This 30 people who started in 2017 has grown into more than a thousand parishioners of all stages and ages, and they're now uh, seeing decline as not the only option, but the growth is possible. And I look forward next year to going and talking to the team there, and and almost like their sense of hope that decline is not the only option, rubbing off on me and rubbing off on the people that will go. You see, the interesting thing about Saint Church is that they had a vision to revitalise one church and then another church and another church and they've now got four churches that are in their network called Saint Church and they're seeing a thousand people coming together every week and COVID hasn't been a decline for them but a source of growth. They didn't know the day, the month or the year when God would bless their ministry but they believe that God will bless their ministry. And so if we want to see growth next year, if we want to see more people come to know Jesus, then we have to hope, we have to long for it, and we have to prepare for it. Now, I'm not saying that, (laughs) I'm not at all trying to compare us to St. Church and say that next year we're going to see a thousand people. I'm just saying that as we see signs of light, then we celebrate them, and we look for more signs of light. And maybe just like our youth group, where it's a group of girls who are coming together and seeing the light. We need, and our playgroup the same, we need to just focus on those signs of light and just wait for when God will bless another part of the ministry that we've been praying for. So in conclusion, Jesus reminds us that if we knew when the thief was coming, we would be ready. Because we don't know when a thief is coming, we take precaution. I don't just lock my house because I think a thief might come in the middle of. I lock my house at all times in case a thief comes at an unexpected unexpected time but in case you think Jesus is uh, comparing himself to a thief we're reminded in John 10, 10 that Jesus says that the thief comes to destroy and to steal but in contrast Jesus comes to bring light. so as we seek out the light as we are people watching and waiting for the signs of the kingdom of God to break into our world we become people who are following jesus into that light so let me pray for us gracious god we praise and thank you that we have these readings today we pray that we would be people of light whether it's waiting for the light to come seeking signs of the light in our world or putting on the armor of light we pray that we would be patient and hopeful in our watching and waiting for the signs of your kingdom here on earth as it is, and we make this prayer in Jesus' mighty name.